Why should we bother caring about Will Smith? Well, I said this quite a few months ago, actually, in a previous episode. And the point about Hollywood is that it's PR magnified. So when something goes wrong in Hollywood, even the most minor thing, it gets blown out of all proportion. So the great thing about this is that when we have things that go wrong in our own organizations or even in our own personal brands that may not have anywhere near the global impact that it does in Hollywood, we can start to see some of the patterns and some of the techniques that Hollywood uses to try and overcome this. And that can all be applied to human nature and to PR as a whole. So as I say, what happens when it's small gets much bigger when it's Hollywood. We can see the mistakes. I don't know if you've ever been through a situation like uh, Will Smith has, or even a minor, far more minor sort of crisis PR situation or with your own brand. But there's certainly a lot that I think we can learn from this. I certainly saw a lot as a journalist in my career as a journalist and also in my career in public relations as well of these sorts of things on a much smaller level going on. So what I hope today's episode is going to do is to help us show how to make an apology video or even just the narrative for controlling a crisis from what Will Smith has done. Now, I think we all know what happened with Will Smith and Chris Rock back at the Oscars. If you didn't, where have you been, <laughs> to be honest? Um, I did a previous episode on it. Basically, Will Smith slapped live on stage Chris Rock after Chris Rock had made some comments, some jokes about his wife. So at that point, Will Smith vanished. No real surprise on this. He was booted out of the Academy and uh, he sort of just disappeared and... There was a lot of pressure from the different entertainment media in particular. I remember Variety came out. This was one of the reasons that I did that previous episode and said, look, he's got to talk. He's got to come out and talk because at the moment, the narrative is just going all over the place. But I was actually saying at the time, that I didn't agree with that. I completely disagreed with that approach. You can understand why the entertainment media desperately wanted an interview with him, but it just didn't make sense. Why would he come out then? Because right at the beginning, it would have all been about why did you do it? You're to blame. Whereas by leaving it a bit of time, he's now moved that narrative on. He's now got to the, the, the story now of, well, what's he been doing? What's he been doing for several months? What's changed? Has he made up with Chris Rock? All these sorts of things. So he released a video, a six-minute video, on a couple of days ago now, on the 29th of July. And what I thought we would do now um, is actually run through some of the key points of it. I'm not going to play the whole thing uh, in this episode, but I will play some of it and see if we can catch um, some of the key points from it. So let me just start this video going. So the first thing you notice, there's a bit of background sound. There's no music. There's and there, deep breath there in the background. So there's no production. There's no slick video. It's trying to create that authentic approach. It's like the sound is recording. Will's just walked in. He's about to answer some questions. And of course, none of this has been pre-planned. Of course, if you're working as PRs, you would have done a lot of practice and briefing with him in advance. <laughs> it's all looking pretty bland, but he's dressed in a, um, a polo shirt and he's got a baseball cap on. So it's fairly, it's not somber, but it's not lively. It's not like a suit or anything like that. So again, he's kind of showing, it's almost like he's just come out of a room and he just wanted to answer these questions. Again, it's trying to create this narrative um, uh, brand of being an authentic interview with him. So the first thing he's doing, he's looking at the screen. Why the didn't you apologize to Chris in your acceptance speech? So what he did there was it put a caption up on the screen that said, why didn't you apologize to Chris in your acceptance speech? Well, he's not looking at the camera. He's looking away from it. It's like he's reading the question for the first time. We know he's not, but the way it's coming across is to try and portray 
He's being authentic and he's answering in the moment. Um, now he's looking at the camera. I was fogged up. Little pause, thinking about the answer, because obviously he's never seen this question before. Out by that point. It's, 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 it's all fuzzy. I've reached out to Chris um, and the, mes the message that came back is that uh, he's not ready to talk. And when he is, he will reach out. Um, so I will, I will say to you, um, Chris, I apologize to you. Uh, my behavior was unacceptable. Now, this is really interesting. He's immediately, I don't know whether you felt this one too, but it felt a little bit like he was actually going on the attack on Chris Rock. He's kind of almost saying, Chris Rock hasn't wanted to talk to me and I'm being the bigger man. I don't know whether he's doing that deliberately. It's a little bit of an interesting approach to take there, but that's kind of the narrative that's coming across. Um, but it's sounding almost like Will Smith trying to portray himself as being like, look, I'm ready to chat. And I'm here whenever you're ready to talk. Um, I, was, I want to apologize to Chris's mother. I saw an interview that Chris's mother did. And, you know, that was one of the things about that moment. I just didn't realize, and, you know, I wasn't thinking, but how many people got hurt in that moment. So what's he doing here? He's acknowledging the questions, the kind of questions that people are asking and the things that they're attacking him on as a character. So he's addressing those, but the way he did that there, you see the pause and it was almost like he was for a moment thinking about it uh, as if it was just a kind of, this is what I feel. It's being, he's trying to be as authentic as possible. He's making eye contact with the camera. So I want to uh, apologize to Chris's mother. I want to apologize to uh, Chris's family I spent the last three months um, replaying and understanding the nuances and, and the complexities of what happened in, in that moment. So you can see straight away, he's, he's, he's addressing those points. He's going, well, what are the media gonna ask me? What would they want to know? And what is the story that I wanna be putting across? And he's addressing each of these, but the way he's doing it, he's doing it a very sort of, pausing, authentic, I'm thinking about it as I'm answering it way. But you can see he is, he's ticking off the boxes. Um, and I'm not gonna try to unpack all of that right now, but I can say to- oh, Now that's very interesting as well. I said this too, as well, is that in the original video, is that when he comes back, he's gotta be a little bit careful because it's hard to know where the narrative will go. So he doesn't want to reveal everything because if you reveal everything, you've played all your cards. So he's saying here that I still need to think about it. I'm still going through transition, which means that it's much harder to say, look, he said this now, because it's like, well, he might still change. So he's addressing that from the start. So he's acknowledging there are still things to change. To all of you, there is no part of me that thinks that was the right way to behave in that moment. There's no part of me that thinks that's the optimal way to handle a feeling of disrespect or, or insults. Very interesting there. He's, he's saying this is the, what's he actually saying by that? Is he apologizing or is he saying that he 
had that feeling of disrespect and insults. He did have that, but it wasn't the way to deal with it. So is he saying that actually Chris Rock still was making him feel that way? I'm not sure that's necessarily the best phrasing that I would have used for it. I think it would have been more like, you know, how I, how I felt in that moment, something like that, which would have at least said, yes, I felt that way, but it wouldn't have said that I was right to feel that way. Um, and say sorry to my, my kids and, and my family for the heat that I brought on all of us, um, to all my fellow nominees. You know, this is a community. It's like I won because you, you voted for me. And it, it, it really breaks my heart to have stolen and, and tarnished, tarnished your moment. It's, re it's really interesting, Gid. You can literally feel this checklist. He's addressing the key points as he's going through it. So he's now addressing the community. He's addressing his family. Another point is you notice the way that this is not a clean speech. Again, it's meant to feel uh, like you're thinking about it on the spot. I don't know how familiar you are with him, depending on what country you're in, but we had a, a prime minister in the UK called Tony Blair, who was an incredibly effective orator, very, very good. And one of his techniques was that even when he knew the answer, or, you know, he never said this, but it was by the obvious this was how it worked. Um, even when he knew the answer, he would still pause and make it look like he was thinking about the answer the whole time. And it felt so much more authentic and so much more engaging because it was almost like he, it came across as an, uh, the impression that he cared, just like Will Smith is doing right now. And that he's thinking about it in the moment and that he's thoughtful and he really does think things through. Um, and that he's digging into his heart as well. It's not just a clinical calculation. It is about feeling. As we know from PR, so much is about feeling. What would you say to the people who looked up to you before the slap or people who expressed that you let them down. So this is another question. He's looking away from the camera, supposedly reading it for the first time. So there's two things. One, um, disappointing people is my central trauma. Um, I hate when I let people down. Um, so it, it hurts. Uh, it hurts me psychologically and emotionally to know I didn't live up to uh, people's image and impression of me. And the work I'm trying to do is I am deeply remorseful and I'm trying to be remorseful without being ashamed of myself, right? I'm human. I know it was shocking, um, but I, I promise you, I am uh, deeply devoted and committed to putting light and love and joy into the world. And, you know, if you, if you hang on, I promise we'll be able to be friends again. <laughs> That's an interesting one, isn't it? So he's starting to round up now and he's basically appealing directly to the fans now. So he's addressed all the individual ones and he's, he's now really talking into the camera. If you're watching this on video, he is saying that he will hopes that he can be friends again. Clearly he wants to come back into the movie industry. You can understand that, but he's also acknowledging the fact that it's not the time yet by what he's saying, which I think is good. And that was the end of the video. 
I'm going to round up um, some of my key observations in the next newsletter, by the way, at the public relations podcast.com, the public relations podcast. Let me try that again. The public relations podcast.com. Believe me, I did used to work in radio. <laughs> Stumble anyway. Um, but this is my real sort of takeaways from it then, I think. I'm not sure that was exactly six minutes, but it was certainly very interesting from a, a PR narrative point of view. You know, what can we pull away from this? First of all, it's about controlling the narrative. Look, he's released a video on social media, on his own social media. He's bypassed the entertainment media and the traditional media. He's not done what used to happen, whereby you'd organize that one interview and then go and talk to some friendly person. Now, we've seen things like this, like with Harry and Meghan, where they've gone to Oprah and they've done a really nice uh, sort of fluffy interview. But we've also seen other people where they've gone to the media thinking that they were going to get a good time and they get absolutely hammered and, and ripped apart. So by doing this, by releasing just a short video, he's controlling the narrative. He's putting out the only details that the entertainment press can go and can um, put in their own coverage now. They can't ignore this story everyone's going to be talking about it. So the only information they have to use is the information that he has put out. So they're going to have to report on what he wants to say. It's clearly produced in-house. He's clearly practiced the questions. He's clearly gone over them plenty of times. But the way it's been done, no gloss, no fluff. He's dressed in fairly ordinary day-to-day -day clothes. There's a lot of pausing, a lot of supposed thinking. I do like the way that he's kind of answering the questions from people without the names because he is addressing the direct points that people would make but without having to address those people on an emotional level you know you get the situations for example in politics where you'll get someone who'll uh, contact a politician and say look this happened to me and it's unacceptable and that person could be a complete edge case oh, gosh we talk about politics for hours but where if, as to where you put resources in politics but that then puts enormous pressure on that person, the politician, to basically say, yeah, okay, we'll use the entire national resources on your one case. Now, in this particular situation, by addressing a faceless person, he's not having to deal with their own personal feelings about it, their own personal feelings of her. He's just simply addressing a point. So the authenticity was one big one there, and controlling the narrative yourself, keeping the amount of information out short. I think on the negative side, though, I'm really... A little bit surprised by the tone of it. It does feel like he's apologizing for slapping Chris Rock, but he's not apologizing. Maybe you disagree with me on this. He's not apologizing for his reaction emotionally to that, that he did feel disrespected, that he did feel hurt. But he's still keeping that door open. He's saying, look, I'm still working myself to be able to go with where the narrative goes publicly over the coming months on this. Interesting, though, that first comment where he basically says, or at least to me, it sounds like he's saying, I'm the bigger man. I'm ready to talk, Chris. You're the one who's not yet. There's a lot I think we can pull out of that. I would be interested to know what is the worst PR crisis you've had, even if it was minor, even if it was a little blip. And I would love to get you on the show if you don't mind sharing. Now, obviously, no names, no need to say anything like this, but I'd love to talk to you about the strategy that you went through. Let me know. You can reach out to me on Twitter. You can direct message me at that PR chap, that PR chap. Or of course, there's an email address in the newsletter at thepublicrelationspodcast.com. One interesting one. I'm going to try and do more of these as things happen in the PR world and things that we can learn from as they happen. Can you build a personal brand to help your organization? This is something that is quite close to me as well, because this podcast, as I know a few people have been asking about now, is not my job. It's not my full-time thing. I'm doing this as a passion project. I have another full-time job as well, but I'm using it to help both me and my organization to develop what they're doing. 
So that is coming up next week. Dominic Walker will be back with us talking about how he's been developing a personal brand. Again, not on a Will Smith level, but on the level of you know ordinary people like you and me. Got so much more coming up as well. Hoping to speak to that person from Cannes as well. Maybe she could talk about Will Smith too. I hope you don't have a crisis like Will Smith this week, but if you do, then I think we can learn a lot from this video. Have an awesome couple of days, and we'll be back to you in a couple of days' time with that extra interview from Dominic.